Good morning. Today's Monday, February 26th, 2024, and this is 5 at 8 with your hosts Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman. In this episode, we will talk about Ukrainian President Zelensky revealing the true death toll of Ukrainian soldiers in Russia's invasion, Lukashenko's decision to run for another term in Belarus, the unintentional revealing of personal information through AOL search queries, Qatar's massive natural gas production expansion plans, and the passing of Chinese billionaire Zong Qinghu. Story number one. In a report from the BBC, Ukrainian President Zelensky revealed that 31,000 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed in Russia's full-scale invasion, countering Russia's inflated estimates. He criticized delays in Western aid, impacting Ukraine's ability to fight back. Zelensky also mentioned civilian casualties and Russian losses. Ukraine faces setbacks due to lack of supplies, hindering their counter-offensive efforts. Western leaders showed solidarity with Ukraine, with Italy and Canada signing security deals. Both Ukraine and Russia are struggling to resource their military activities. Is it just me, or does the situation in Ukraine highlight the dire need for timely international support during crises like this? I mean, the delayed aid from the West, that's got to be a punch in the gut for the Ukrainians fighting on the front lines. It's not just about guns and ammunition, it's about morale. The reality of war is harsh, and these delays can be devastating, not only in the physical battles, but also in the psychological warfare that soldiers and civilians alike have to endure. The number of casualties reported by President Zelensky. It's a chilling testament to the urgency of this situation. Yeah, those numbers, huh? Heartbreaking, to say the least. But you're right. It's not just physical, it's psychological too. And let's not forget the strategic aspect. Delays in aid can throw a wrench into military plans. Zelensky mentioned that the counteroffensive last year was impacted by the lack of weapons. That's a big deal. The element of surprise is crucial in military strategies, and any leak or delay can have catastrophic consequences. It's reminiscent of other historical conflicts, where lack of international support or delays in aid have influenced the trajectory of the war. We can draw parallels with the Bosnian War in the 90s or even the recent Syria conflict. Good point, Linda. History does have a way of repeating itself, doesn't it? But hey, it's not just Ukraine feeling the pinch. The report also mentions Russia struggling to supply ammunition and weapons for their forces. I guess it's a grim reminder that war isn't a game you just press pause on. You need resources and you need them constantly. The resources are vital, and their absence or delay can shift the balance of power. But let's not forget. The ultimate aim should be the cessation of conflict and restoration of peace. The real victory is in saving lives, not in prolonging wars. Story number two. In a report from CNN, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko has announced he will run for another term in the 2025 elections, likely extending his long rule as a key ally of Russia's Vladimir Putin. The last election in 2020 was marred by accusations of ballot stuffing and falsifications, leading to riots and a crackdown on dissent. Opposition leader Svetlana Tsikhanouskaya criticized Lukashenko's decision, calling him Europe's last dictator. Would you believe it, Linda? Lukashenko is going for another round in the ring. If anything, this shows the remarkable resilience of autocratic regimes in Eastern Europe. Well, Mark... Resilience is one word for it. From another perspective, it could be seen as a continued disregard for democratic values and civil liberties. 
The fact that Lukashenko feels confident enough to run again is a testament to the extent of political repression in Belarus. I do see your point, Linda. But let's not forget that political stability can sometimes be seen as a boon in a region that's been marred by conflict. Look at the support he's getting from Putin. True, Mark, but at what cost? We have to remember that this stability, as you call it, has led to widespread human rights abuses and stifled dissent. Not to mention his playing into Putin's hands only amplifies the regional tensions. Well, Linda, no system is perfect. I mean, yes, there are certainly questionable practices under Lukashenko's rule. But it's also worth considering that the West's attempts at exporting democracy haven't always led to the best results. That's a fair point, Mark. But it doesn't excuse Lukashenko's autocratic rule or the lack of free and fair elections in Belarus. Despite the complications of democratization, the people of Belarus deserve the right to determine their own future. Absolutely. No disagreement here. The people should have their say. However, in the complex world of geopolitics, sometimes we have to choose the lesser of two evils, so to speak. Possibly, Mark. But we also need to consider the long-term implications of allowing autocracy to go unchecked. It's not just about the present situation, but also about the precedent it sets for future generations. Story number three. In a report from the New York Times, a list of 20 million web search queries from AOL was released, with user number 4417749 conducting searches that revealed their identity as Thelma Arnold, a 62-year-old widow from Georgia. AOL apologized for the release and removed the data, highlighting the unintentional revealing of personal information through search engine use. Tell you what, Linda, this news about the AOL user num4417749 really drives home the point about how our online footprints, even when supposedly anonymized, can lead to the exposure of personal information. It's like leaving breadcrumbs in the digital forest, isn't it? Seems like anonymity online is pretty much a myth. It's startling to realize how much we unintentionally reveal about ourselves simply through our search history. In the case of user number 4417749, her seemingly random searches painted a rather clear picture of her identity. It's a stark reminder of how the digital age has redefined privacy. Couldn't agree more, Linda. And thinking about the tech side, companies like AOL, Google, and Yahoo have a real responsibility here. They're compiling huge amounts of data, and with that comes the challenge of how to protect user privacy. It's not just about anonymizing data. It's about making sure that those data points can't be connected to reveal someone's identity. It raises important ethical considerations for these companies. Balancing the benefits of data collection for research, business, and personalized user experiences with the crucial need for effective anonymization methods is not an easy task. And let's not forget the potential legal repercussions of such privacy breaches. We need strong measures in place to ensure digital privacy. At the end of the day, it's about trust. Users trust these companies with their data, and these companies need to honor that trust by being transparent and doing everything they can to ensure privacy. It's a tough balancing act, but one that's absolutely necessary in this digital age. Story number four. In a report from Al Jazeera, Qatar plans to expand its natural gas production from 77 MTPA to 142 MTPA by 2030, representing an 85% increase. The new Northfield West expansion will add 16 million tons of LNG per year. This expansion comes as demand for Qatari gas grows, particularly in Europe due to the war in Ukraine. 
Despite global price collapses, Qatar, along with other major gas producers, aims to increase output to meet future demand. Qatar Energy will proceed with the expansion project independently and may seek partnerships later. The North Field is part of the world's largest gas field, shared with Iran's South Pars. Hasn't Qatar just given us a potential game-changer in the world of energy? The North Field expansion plan is a huge move. We're talking about an 85% increase in production, from 77 million tons per annum to a whopping 142 million tons by 2030. That's not just a big deal for Qatar, but for the entire global energy landscape. It's a significant step, particularly considering the current geopolitical climate. The conflict in Ukraine has created uncertainty around Russian gas supplies, and European countries are looking for alternatives. This move by Qatar could help fill that gap. But it's not just Europe. Asian countries like China, Japan, and South Korea have also been major customers for Qatari gas. Right, Linda. And let's not forget the recent long-term gas supply deals Qatar has signed. Deals with India's Petronet, U.S.-based Accelerate Energy, and others. Those are strategic moves, showing that Qatar is not just ramping up production, but also securing its market. That's true, Mark. But let's also consider the environmental implications. As we strive to reduce carbon emissions and move towards greener energy sources, the increase in natural gas production presents a bit of a paradox. On one hand, natural gas is seen as a transition fuel, cleaner than coal and oil. But on the other, it's still a fossil fuel. I see your point, Linda. It's a complex situation. We're in a race against time to reduce carbon emissions, but we also need to ensure energy security. And with the global price collapse in gas, Leading producers like the U.S., Australia, and Russia are looking to increase output. They're betting on further demand growth and worries that their gas might not be needed decades from now if green energy becomes cheaper. Yes, it's a delicate balancing act, isn't it? And it's not just about the economics or geopolitics, but also about long-term sustainability. As we see advancements in green energy technologies, the viability of LNG could be disrupted, and while Qatar's energy minister has mentioned that production would be further expanded if there's a market need, it's just as important to consider whether that expansion aligns with global climate goals. Agreed, Linda. It's a fascinating situation, and I'm sure we'll be keeping a close eye on how it unfolds. It's not just about Qatar or the North Field. It's about the broader trends and their potential impacts on global energy security, climate change, and geopolitical dynamics. Story number five. Zong Ho, the self-made beverage entrepreneur and once the richest person in China, has passed away at the age of 79. He founded Wahaha Group and had a public feud with his foreign business partner Danone in the 2000s. The dispute led to Danone selling its stake in their joint venture to Mr. Zong's company, as reported by the New York Times. This is a classic tale of rags to riches, isn't it? Zong Ho a self-made beverage entrepreneur, not only becoming one of the most prominent figures in China, but also at one point, the richest. His partnership with Danone, the French food giant, was a massive step up, but boy, it didn't pan out as smoothly as one would expect. It's a testament to how international business partnerships can be fraught with complexity and tension. Zong's fallout with Danone escalated to the point where it wasn't just a corporate spat anymore. It became a matter of national concern with even President Nicolas Sarkozy and China's leader Hu Jintao getting involved. Just goes to show how high the stakes can get in such partnerships. 
Zong was accused of siphoning off as much as $100 million from the joint venture by running secret companies selling virtually identical products. That's, uh, that's pretty serious stuff, you know? It is, Mark. And what's more intriguing is how Zong turned the tables. He didn't just defend himself, he went on the offensive, rallying public opinion in China against Danone. It shows the influence and power a successful entrepreneur can wield in their home country. For sure, for sure. And uh, it's interesting how this power dynamic can be used, right? It's not always about the might of the dollar or the scale of the business. Sometimes it's about winning the hearts of the people. Zong, with his rags-to-riches story, was a figure people could rally behind. It's a compelling reminder that the realm of international business isn't just about economic strategies or trade policies. It's also about cultural and social dynamics, and how these can shape and influence business partnerships. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.